Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. Great guest today, Martha Cotton, veteran producer, director, writer, has worked in both feature films, episodic television, and also in news and journalism. Talk about faith films, because actually faith films, uh, Christian films, I don't like that term because Christian is not a genre, but uh, faith, and I, I like the term redemptive films. That could be anything from, from Rocky to The Apartment to all kinds of films where somebody comes to the end and there's a redemption factor to their lives. Talk about that a little bit. It's become very, very trendy. There are dozens and dozens of faith films that come out every year, and a lot of them really aren't that good. Can you talk about that? Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, I understand that people want to see their worldview reflected in their entertainment. However, I also see that there are people who are very slapdash at how they approach it. I cringe when I see altar calls in the middle of movies because I just, you know, I think those, those very, very infrequently have the effect of bringing anybody to, to faith they more often than not turn people off. Um, I, I know several executives at major studio companies who were assigned at one point or another to mine this faith-based um, genre because some people thought, hey, I can make a lot of money doing this. Sure, and they don't, and they don't cost very much money, most of them. Yeah, because Christians will settle for really badly done stuff. Yeah. And I, um, you know, a lot of the people who are looking at that, those kinds of opportunities are um, shortchanging not only people of faith, but shortchanging, I think, in, in the long run, shortchanging God. You know, when you think about, we are called to, you know, we're called to tithe. We're taught ta- called to bring gifts and offerings to the sure. Lord. Right. And, and one of our gifts, in fact, one of our primary gifts to the Lord is who we are and what we do. And I don't want to be the person, you know, bring the, the used tennis shoe to the throne of God when in fact, I could be bringing, you know, gorgeous, new, beautifully designed shoes. So um, it's the same thing. And I am, I can't, I, they're most faith-based films or faith genre films. I don't even really want to watch because I don't want to get angry. Right. (laughs) Your, 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 not only your, your spirituality, but your professionalism would make you start throwing tomatoes at the screen. Yes. Yes. 
Um, there are some very talented people um, in this town who have um, spent a lot of time learning their craft who are also people of faith. And, more, and probably more than you would know. Oh, yeah. You know, years ago, there was a group called Premise, and um, it started as a monthly prayer group where we were going to be praying for um, people in the industry. We were going to be praying for the industry. Premise exists no longer. Um, it ran its course. But one of the things, you know, it's we started praying for the big names. And as we formed a community and there was a writer's group that came out of that. There was a director's group that came out of that where people would get together and, and support one another. These were people who were grads of USC and AFI and, and UCLA and Chapman, people who had gone to film schools of note who then started getting established in the business. And they, these people are, and then, and then act one came along and Act One has had the amazing um, success rate of training up writers and producers, especially who are now running shows for major networks, uh, who have produced several movies um, because they learned the craft. Right. The, these are people who are now in decision-making positions you know, I don't see that God ever called us to be a separate entertainment genre. I think we are called to be salt and light. And my career as such, I mean, I'm still very involved with the Directors Guild and the Producers Guild. And I figure I'm there, even if I haven't had major success in my life, the way the world would would. Um, describe it. I'm there to be salt and light. That's where, that's where I am. That's my calling right now. I have a, a, a friend and maybe you know him too, Dan Rupel. You might know him. Yeah. And Dan came to uh, my classes. I was teaching at Concordia uh, Irvine University uh, three straight years. And I'll never forget, he would speak to these aspiring writers. We'd have anywhere from about 20, 25 each uh, semester in the class. And, and I never forgotten what he said. He says, you're in your 20s, you wanna become a success, but I would suggest to you to not worry so much. Don't aim for success as much as you aim for significance. And I never forgot that, even, even though I was the professor, I thought that is such a great piece of advice, a nugget of advice. Even if you're not successful, were you significant and value significance over success? And Martha, that might very, very much be true for your life and your career. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, we all hope so. <laughs> being, being, in the, being in the middle of it, you don't really see it, but right. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm enjoying this conversation. Hope you are too with Martha Cotton. We'll be right back. This podcast features engaging conversations with leaders, artists, and creatives sharing about current trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. Today's episode is produced by Matchstick Media International, a nonprofit that's passionate about inspiring both visionary leaders and young creatives to harness the power of media to further the gospel. 
To learn more, visit us at matchstickmedia.org. Now, back to Craig. Let's get back to our conversation with Martha Cotton. Talk, uh, let's, let make, let's make another switch for a second. What's it like, talk, talk about the challenges of being a female, a woman, that works in producing, directing, writing, uh, crewing up shoots, uh, executive managing. Um, talk about the challenges of being a woman in those jobs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and we, we only have five hours, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I got my first job in Miami, I was the only woman in the newsroom who was not a secretary or a consumer reporter. Mm-hmm. And I was quite or, frankly, or, or, weather, or weather girl. We didn't have a weather girl. Oh, really? Okay. The, there were weather men. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and I was brought in as a producer and because I think I worked out, other women were hired, but um, it has been, um, it's been that kind of uh, a path where I have felt at every, every opportunity that um, I have a, a, a responsibility to the people coming behind me to do a good job. And um, I am seeing that now. I mean, <laughs> when I did the uh, AFI directing workshop for women, I kept thinking, because it never occurred to me that in a town that espouses, you know, liberal values, that um, it never occurred to me that it would be hard as a woman to get a job as a director. And I went to an event at the, um, at AFI for alumni, alumna of the directing workshop for women. And Jean Furstenberg was there who at that time was the chairman of, or president or whatever they call it at, at AFI. And she said, you know, we knew when you were here that there were no jobs for you. And I kept thinking, really? Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, and it, but it was, really was true. I remember going on interviews for episodic directing and hearing the showrunner say, well, you know, we hired a woman last year and it really didn't work out. Oh, talk about workplace. Oh, yeah. Don't do that, buddy. Yeah. And, and I rem- he actually said that to me and I bit my tongue because I was I, literally my jaw dropped and I wish I had retorted with, gosh, did you hire a man that didn't work out? Or did Ooh, you know? that, that would have been a good comeback. <laughs> I, yeah, I did not do it though. And, and part of me regrets that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the numbers the numbers have not been great. And um, this year, the, the number of women getting critical recognition for their work in features and in television has risen substantially. I think because a group of women directors approached the, the equal opportunity EEOC, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, several years ago, the EEOC then went to the um, ACLU, American Civil Liberties Union, and a lawsuit 
was instigated against the studios and major production companies. Okay. Because the number of women um, represented in directing categories was appallingly low. And the, the industry um, has been very tight-lipped about what's happening, but all of a sudden there are all these opportunities for women and women are now getting more directing opportunities. Um, when I joined the Directors Guild in 1998, um, 5% or 6% of TV episodes were directed by women. And then there was a little bit of a push and it rose to about 15%. And it stayed at, stayed at that number for many years and then it inched up a few more. Now with this threat of lawsuit hanging over everybody's head with the EEOC taking a close look and the ACLU taking a close look, the numbers are steadily increasing finally. That's good. Finally, yeah. but um, it's been a it's been a slog. If you look at the number of feature films, um, you know, women are fifty one percent of the population. We are about twenty four percent of the Directors Guild. Okay. And not everybody in the Directors Guild is a director. These right. also, you know, they're also um, positions called assistant directors and and. Um, UPMs and first ADs and second ADs. Yeah, yeah. So there's still a lot of work to do there, isn't there? There's there's a lot of work to do. Um, this year, like the Golden, as we're talking about this, the Golden Globe nominations came out today and three women were nominated for best first time uh, feature director. That is excellent. That is huge. Um, I'm part of a campaign called Best Direct Her. Um, you can find our website, bestdirecther.org. Mm-hmm. Um, we have made it a personal mission to promote films directed by women because frequently those are the lower budget movies and the studios and production companies really don't get behind them with the kind of promotional push you need to get critically recognized. Correct, yeah. And so we have made it, this is our third year. The first year when all the nominations were announced, we were appalled that there were no women there and just took an ad out in Variety. Year two, we had a social media campaign and three of the five first time feature directors nominated for the DGA award were women and one of them won. And she credited us with um, helping to bring attention to her and her film. The film was Honey Boy. It's on Amazon. Alma Harrell is the director. Um, This year, we hope to have that kind of um, success again and we'd like to see women nominated in the feature film category too and in tv categories um we're thrilled to see so many women being nominated now um and in all these different gotham awards um bafta awards i mean it's it's high time it's high time good i am learning a lot from this conversation and insight from martha cotton join us 
in the next episode. You've been listening to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast with Craig D. Forrest, brought to you by Matchstick Media International, dedicated to excellence in media through inspiration, vision, and education. To learn more, visit us on the web at matchstickmedia.org. That's matchstickmedia.org. Your generous donations, large or small, help defray costs for producing this creative podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribing.